Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Raw Recovery with Dion Miller. Uh, today, I have a special guest, Kat. Um, it was really neat how I met Kat. Um, you know, sometimes we need to be open-minded about our recovery, and we never really know where God's going to say, you know, hey, you know, go this direction, go that direction. We don't know where it's going to come from. And somebody made a suggestion to me that I was looking for a new home group. Somebody made a suggestion to me that said, Dion, go to this group. And I'm like, what do you know? And I ended up loving this group. Um, I made it my home group. And, um, you know, it has been a long time since I was actually excited getting up in the morning and being like, I'm going to an AA meeting today. I get to see my friends. And with all this zoom stuff going on and disconnection and everything this group's fantastic and it's got some got some great sobriety in it i'm not going to tell you where it's at because it's all mine but <laughs> with that i'm going to introduce my new friend cat cat welcome to raw recovery and thank you so much for being on our show oh thank you Dion, for having me certainly you know, um I, it was kind of funny the way I got introduced to the group. I was in one of my other groups, and one of the girls from the noon group happened to be there, and she texted me, and I was chairing, mind you, and she texted me, would you speak at our group? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, it was a first for me, speaking over Zoom, how weird is yeah. that? Yeah. You know, and, and it, was, it was so cool because um, I live what three or four hundred miles away from there and, yeah. and i got to be a guest speaker and never left the farm yeah <laughs> so. and, and that's pretty neat about zoom it's you know and thank you zoom you know for making it yeah. still affordable and not raising your prices and doing all this stuff so we can still continue to to connect um you know, and I think it shows willingness when we're say, okay, let's get on Zoom, let's try this. Because if it wasn't for Zoom, I don't know that I would have ever met you. True. And um, well, where you live is my old stomping ground, so I was afraid okay. to to move back there um, early on. And so this way, I get to to know sober people, safe people. Yeah. So that when I do go and visit there, I'm I'm able to to have good grounded connections, mm -hmm. you know, um, and and you know Zoom is awesome for people with um, health issues mm -hmm. such as myself, people that can't get out and make meetings but really need meetings. Yeah. So it's been a godsend in so many ways. And um, and it's it's been really important, I think, for our community because we're still able to do things like this, come on and, and tell our stories. Um, and I think stories are very important because it's what brings people together. That's how we connect is by realizing that um, you lived a life, maybe not exactly like me, but a lot like me, where I thought I was alone. Um, so without further ado, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the floor, Kat. I'm, I'm really excited um, uh, to hear your story. So I'm going to be quiet for a little while. Well, first and foremost, I'd like to thank you for this opportunity. Certainly. Um, to, uh, to share my story so, so people anywhere in the world could, can hear it, you know. Um, mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, I like to, to connect with, uh, I started drinking when I was three or four years old. Um, wow. My father was in the service. Okay. And he used to have poker games on the weekend. Ah. And I used to toddle around the table and everybody mm. thought it was cute, a little kid, you know, yeah. letting them sip the bourbon and Cokes. And so, you know, my whole life, from as early a memory as I have, always, there was always alcohol. Mm-hmm. You know, I was an only child. Okay. So right off the bat, uh, the world evolved around me. Oh, yeah. You know, I was <laughs> self, you know, self-centered from, to the extreme and self-will run riot right from the beginning. Wow. Okay. Um, I uh, lost my mother a month after my 14th birthday. Oh, man. And that was devastating because she was my best friend. Yeah. She never drank, but my father was an alcoholic. And I can remember um, times that were so extreme. And I remember overhearing one time uh, some relatives saying that if anything ever happened to my father, it would kill my mother. And my, my, um, my unhealthy way of learning how to deal with life started out early because I remember my parents fought really hard one time and that was in the back of my head and I wanted to rescue them. I mm-hmm. wanted to make things perfect. Yeah. So I went to our basement stairs and I tucked my head and I rolled down the stairs wow. because I knew I was the center of their world. And yep. it would bring him back together. Yeah. So um, my father always wanted a son. I was raised as a boy. Okay. You know? And um, so when I lost my mom, my whole world just crumbled. She was my ground. She was my connection to God. Um, she had raised me in, in the Sunday school and church. Okay. Um, so about... I remember when my, my mother died, my father, I had been, been sick, so I couldn't visit her in the hospital. Okay. And my father tells me about four or five days after she dies, he sits me on his lap, on his lap and he said, the, the angels have come and taken your mama away. And I was like, what? And he said, the angels have come and taken your mama away. And it was so devastating. And so my father started bringing me home T.J. Swan, if you remember that, that it's rot gut wine, kind of like Mad Dog 2020. Yep. And uh, let me have just as much as I wanted to, to, to numb my pain. So I learned mm-hmm. really quickly that that's what you do when you hurt. You stuff those feelings behind alcohol. Yep. And then uh, I remember one night he, uh, I, I woke up to him sexually abusing me. And um, so the very next day, I ran away. Okay. I, I never finished the, uh, I went to two weeks of the, the ninth grade and dropped out. Okay. Mind you, I got my GED a year early. Yeah. But I, the first man I met was the biggest acid dealer in Anchorage, Alaska. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, he was another father figure for me. Okay. And he taught me how to do drugs. And um, 
so my life, you know, was always partying and not feeling. And I developed this complex where if everything wasn't happy around me, then I would take you to the curb without any, mm -hmm. any feeling bad or caring. Yep. Because I was looking to be happy. That's all I wanted to be after my mom died. I had to find <clears throat> ways to be happy, you know, and not feel that anguish, that pain. And so I, I my, my whole life growing up um, and early adulthood was, was that way, you know. Um, the wreckage of my past is so deep and long and uh, full of a, a lot of pain for others. Yeah. You know, I never stuck around. I, I, I lost two children in the process. Um, wow. Uh, my uh, disease was more important than my children. Mm -hmm. um, it was very painful. Um, I, I, when I was in one of my, I was married, uh, six times. Okay. And, uh, twice in the same idiot. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I gave up, um, my daughter because of an abusive marriage okay. and then, um, I, I, re, I relocated. That was my thing. I was a gypsy. Okay. I was a gypsy all over, you know. Um, my solution was to run and to look for fun. And when you wore out your usefulness to me, mm -hmm. then I moved on. Poof. When gone. the drugs and the alcohol were gone, I went and found somebody that had the drugs and the alcohol. Right. No longer you of know? any use. Exactly. And when I, I was, my daughter was two years old when I gave her up. Um, seven years, 11 days later, um, I got pregnant with my son. I had my son and I was determined not to lose him. And um, I remember him looking up at me and he was, he was about eight years old. And he said, mommy, I like you better when you're sober. So Ouch. I did the best that I could at the time. Mm -hmm. I went to a meeting and I met this guy that was 14 years sober and <laughs> I immediately married him. <laughs> you know, that was, was my thing. The reason I've been married so many times is because I was raised that you don't live with a guy. Mm. Those old fashioned things, you know. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, but if I happened to wake up with somebody I didn't know beside me in my bed, well, you know, mistakes happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember it. It's their fault. That's they got right. Too drunk, right? You know? <clears throat> so I managed to stay sober for five years um, wow. by my son's request. And I can't really call it sobriety. Yeah. It was, uh, it was dry. Um, I went to many meetings with him all the time we were in meetings. Okay. I got good at, at the book knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I brought into uh, the, I can't really call it recovery. I brought into 
the the meetings because okay. life was just a game to me. Yeah, all the manipulation and the the conning and the survival skills that I had learned on the streets, I brought that into the relationship with me. Mm-hmm. So I knew how to play a good game. Yep, I knew how to be whatever I needed to be for the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, I could be high class. I could be uh, gutter trash. Mm-hmm. I I could be anything in between. Yep. You know what? Whatever the role was was called for. You know, then I could play that part. Yep. And um, so I would. I, I studied this book, and I could talk a good game. And I was in and out of meetings, and everybody thought my life was just perfect. And inside, I was so miserable. <laughs> I was so miserable. I never um. got a sponsor. I never worked the steps. Yep. You know, I I just. I was so superficial, you know, and um, there came a point in our relationship where things went haywire, and uh, uh, my son had always wanted to smoke some pot, and okay. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you the story. It's not a pretty picture for me. Okay. Um, Thank you. That... Uh, he was uh, 13, and I had always told him when he was 13, he could smoke a pot, smoke a joint, because that's the age I was when I first smoked a joint. And um, so he came to me at, when he was 13. Um, he was my little drummer boy. I had bought him a drum set. That was his, his dream in life. Um, and... Uh, He's like, okay, mom, I want to smoke a joint. And his sister had come back into my life uh, okay. a, a few years earlier than that. And I was trying to raise both of them. Okay. And um, she, she, um, their birthdays were seven days, 11 days, uh, were 11 days apart, you know, okay. seven years, 11 days. So what I did is I rolled the Cheech and Chong joint, and I let them ha- let her have it on her birthday, and they could smoke it the whole time. Okay. Well, unbeknownst to me, um, because of her insecurities and, and jealousies and her disease, um, she went. She was real jealous, and she wanted me yeah. out to herself. Okay. And so she went to the school, and she ratted me out. Yep. And so they took my son away from me. Mm-hmm. And I, I was crushed. Yeah. Now, I didn't know at the time it was her fault. But I, I talked to CPS and I said, well, what if I'm not here? What if I leave state? They said everything would be okay. So I left. Okay. I did what, I, what came natural. Yeah, And ran. of course, when I left, I started drinking and doing drugs all over again. And um, I found out I, from a letter from them a few months later, um, because they have to list who it is that is that talks against you. Yeah, that yeah, you have to know your accuser. Yep. Exactly. And I found out it was her. And so I blew up and kicked her to the curb, told her I never wanted to see her again. Yep. And... Um, and for years, I didn't see her. For, for the next uh, 
Oh, it took me 34 years of, of drinking and drugging. And yeah. Before I uh, got a phone call from her one day saying she was dying, and um, could I come to uh, Colorado to uh, to be with her? Okay. <laughs> now my daughter had learned my game really well from me. Sure, she did. Yeah, she learned from the best. Exactly. And so when I got here, I found myself on the street corner. Um, she's saying, Mom, I need some medicine. So I gave her money. And she left me on the street corner and said, and she went and got what she needed and came back. And um, I wanted so bad to believe her. And as a matter of fact, um, I have been published in a book that tells about that story. Oh, okay. Which is really cool. Um, that is really cool. Well, it's so that other parents yeah. can recognize signs. And learn. Yeah, that's how we learn, by from mistakes. Exactly. Yeah. And from hearing what has happened with other people. Exactly. You know, for the purpose yeah. of, of, of telling our experience, strength, and hope. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, um, uh, short story long, um, <laughs> uh, She's in a nursing home now and will be for for forever. Okay. Um, she doesn't speak to me because I no longer am her enabler. <clears throat> um, and um, let's see. I'll fast forward to uh, I, I, I was in and out of um, uh, I've never been in a rehab. Okay. But um, I was on the streets in between because I was, I uh, got on Social Security. Okay. Um, and um, I had to buy my drugs and alcohol, so it was easier to be on the streets. Oh, yeah. And being right. a gypsy and camping out most of my life, mm -hmm. it, it didn't really bother me. But my partner in life, which is my dog I've had since he was born, um, he started getting old and his feet would freeze in the, in the snow in the wintertime. Yeah. So I, I decided I was going to do something for him. Mind you, I never, ever planned on getting clean and sober again <laughs> because of the shame and the guilt. And I yep. just, and you know, you, you guys were just too easy to con back in the day yeah. that I yeah. knew that most of y'all must have been conning me too. Yep. <laughs> you know? And uh, it's like nobody could, could love me or accept me. I, you know, I, I didn't even like myself. How could you mm -hmm. guys like me? So I, I went into a shelter, a woman's shelter for a little while, get his feet um, off the streets. And then my time ran out, so they put me back. You know, I went, ended up going back on the streets. Mm -hmm. A friend I had met felt sorry for me and let me come stay at her house um, for a little while on her sofa. Well, I took advantage of that, of course, while, and while she was at work. I was slamming dope. Mm -hmm. And I was staying drunk. And um, it all quit working for me. Mm -hmm. I wasn't getting high off the dope. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, the, the, 
because of the dope, I could drink more than, you know, so much more. And the drinking just wasn't cutting it. You know, I was like in limbo. Yeah. So I just sat in the bathroom one day and just kept doing shot after shot of dope. And guzzling, uh, my, my drink of choice was Wild Turkey 101. Okay. And the next thing I know, I wake up in the hospital, hospital. Yeah. and my dog's across my feet. Thank, thank wow. God, you know, that, mm -hmm. that I didn't lose my dog. We've mm -hmm. never been separated, you know. And um, he was 15 at the time. And he'd never been to jail. He, that's one thing is he, he managed, because of him, I managed not to get busted and go to jail. Now, before him, I went to jail plenty of times. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, <clears throat> he uh, he was across my feet. They came in and uh, they didn't know if I was going to live or die. My uh, liver was trying to shut down on me. Yep. Um, I had overdosed and had alcohol poisoning at the same time. Okay. Which is can, a really can I ask thing. how old you were at this time? Uh, yeah, um, I was, well, I just turned 59, so I was 55, Okay. Nine, going on 56. Okay, so yeah, I just wanted to put a time reference yeah. in there. Right, my, my uh, 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 sobriety date is July 18th, 2017. Okay. So... Um, that was the last time I was to ever drink or use any drugs. Wow. Um, they told me about a place called Fort Lyon, um, out in the middle of nowhere. Yep. <laughs> Love Fort Lyon. <laughs> yes. And, and it, they said it was up to a two-year program. Mm -hmm. They didn't tell me anything about <laughs> the drinking and drug side of it. Yeah. They told me that Fort Lyon would provide a safe place to get me and my dog off the streets, mm -hmm. and they would help me get into my own place. Mm -hmm. You know, they would help me establish housing. Yep. And that's all they told me, you know. Yep. They said I, I couldn't drink or use drugs while I was there. Exactly, yeah. But, but that's all they said. Yeah, Fort Lyon is a housing first company, so... Exactly. It, what a yeah, great trick. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, um, I knew it was a sober community, which okay. at that point I was so, so dead inside. And yeah. the only thing that mattered was my, I was my dog, you yeah. know, I, um, I was so relieved he was there and I had stopped caring about me. You know, I can't remember when, but it was so far back. Um, if ever, yeah, if, if ever, because I, I, I always live life on the edge, you yeah. know, um, since you were four. Uh, yes, exactly. Oh. You know, I never knew what being sober was. Oh. Um, I knew what being dry was and that was absolutely miserable. Horrible. How people, how people managed it. Yeah, I don't know, know how you did it for five years. Wow. Uh, yeah, and everybody around me kept pretending like they were happy, joyous, and free. <laughs> Stupid fuckers. You know? <laughs> and, and they wanted me to, to, to uh, 
get somebody and tell them about myself and 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 uh, work these steps. And it's like, are uh -huh. you guys nuts? It's none of your business. Yeah. You know. Don't you know who I am? Exactly. <laughs> and and you know, I, I blow your mind if you knew what I've been through and what I've done, <laughs> you know, it's like, there's no way I'm going to tell anybody, you know, you only think you like me now, you'll really hate me after that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and plus I, I had lied so much to my husband, you know, he thought I was um, poor, abused, um, neglected, you know, everybody always taking advantage of me and, mm -hmm. you know, he didn't know that I was the center of my world and I was the one that was manipulating and conning, yep. you know, so, um, <laughs> and I, I was not a nice person, but I made everybody think I was, I was totally awesome. Yeah. You know, but they couldn't see in my heart. And, uh. So I, I agreed to go to this place called Fort Lyon. Okay. And uh, I remember getting on that bus. They, after three days in the hospital, they poured me into this van. Mm -hmm. And um, I had no clue where I was headed. And so we drove and we drove and we drove. <laughs> and then we drove some more, yep. <laughs> you know, and they turned off this old highway onto an even old, older highway and drove another two hours. And yep. it was like, where are these people taking me? And all these crazy thoughts are in my head. Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're taking me to some commune or they're taking yeah. me to some government facility. They're going to use me as a guinea pig. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Because, you know, I just because um, I didn't have anything in my system for three days, I was far from clear-headed. Oh, yeah. You know? It would take months. So, it's going to take another yes. couple of months at least. Well, it took 30 days just to, to defog from the alcohol. Yeah, yeah. And then the drugs took quite a while after yeah. that. Yeah, 60, 90 days. <laughs> to get to the fort and... They go through all my stuff. They search all my stuff. Uh-oh. And um, I, that, I'm like, you know, I'm still not knowing what's going on. Yeah. I've got to sign all these papers. and It was really crazy. But it was, you know, it, it was a relief, too. Um, yeah. I, it, the fort is absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's gorgeous. And, it and, is. You know, I, I, I actually I fell in love with it at first sight. Um, and I, I, I got got there and I went to the Wizard Storm and lo and behold one of my partying buddies she was there she'd been there a few months already yep. and it was like way cool you know and I wasn't alone we're laughing because she we know what happens guys so but yeah. <laughs> well, you know she looks so good yeah she looked absolutely beautiful. She she was clean. Her hair was shiny. Um, she was happy. And I was like, wow, what is going on here? 
Yeah. You know, are they putting something in the food? You yeah, because I want it. The, <laughs> yeah, you know. Are you, you know, are you getting cleaner dope here? Or, are you, you, you know, on Jesus uh, or something? <laughs> right, you know. And so uh, uh, about a month after I'd been there, um, I started defogging some. Um, but my girlfriend... She, uh, she was playing the game, okay. but it was a facade. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the real deal. And so um, I went out to the smoking area one night, and she was there drunk off me as a skunk. Oh, man. And she was diabetic, diabetic you know. Okay. Uh, and, uh. Uh, I, I hope to get back to her room. It's like somebody's going to see you and report you, you know, you're going to get drunk, stay in your room type thing. Yeah. Um, and, but she wasn't, and she get to be a mean drunk, you know, but she trusted me. So she, she was about to get in a fight with one of the other girls. And she let me get her upstairs, um, which she was like dead weight. Yep. And I'll never forget, um, I got upstairs and there were like four or five empty bottles of vanilla extract oh. in her room. And um, she was going in and out of, of being able to breathe and not being able to breathe. And um, I finally, one of my other friends knocked on the door and I said, go get security. Yeah. You know, because we, people with diabetes all my life, um, I have felt uh, closest to, I, I have true compassion for, because that's what my mom died from. Okay. And so um, I was so scared for her, and, and I, I didn't want to lose her like I'd lost my mom. Yeah. And so um, we got security up there. And uh, we got her to the hospital, and she was okay. And and then um, they gave her a chance. They give everyone that relapses mm -hmm. their second chance. Yeah. They said Four Lion doesn't give them. up on their people. No, they don't. No. That's why I love them. Yes, and and they uh, they allowed her to go to this. Uh, what's it called? Where you go dry out for thirty days? Detox. Detox, yes. I've never been in one of those, so I don't know. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I didn't want to drink, or I didn't mm. want to give up drinking, so, you know, why would I go to a detox? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and I always had some man to take care of me so mm -hmm. that I didn't have to go to to one of those facilities and so much of my life I camped out in the woods so I could get away with doing whatever I wanted to do yeah but uh, she came back and they, they told her um, she'd have to be on room restriction for 10 days and then okay. you know it was okay fair enough uh, and uh, she came back because uh, what they do is they 
for three days. They kept her to detox her. Mm-hmm. They brought her back, and then she had to go for 30 days. Yeah. But it would be 10 days room uh, detention until they could get her into the 30-day program. Yep. She chose not to take it. Mm-hmm. And she chose to go back to Denver instead. Mm-hmm. Um, January of last year, she died on the streets. Yeah. Sorry. Um, she had been on the streets with her son. Her son was found frozen in front of the liquor store, dead, um, about three months earlier. Oh, my this God. Is, this is our disease, you know. It is our disease. This yeah. is our disease. This is what our disease gets us. Um, uh, you know, um, good times were gone so long ago. Yeah. You know, yet I always thought I could recapture them. That's why I always wanted everybody to be happy and joyous around me. Yeah. You know, um, and if they could, it made me real angry and I'd have to go somewhere else. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like, don't you know, we're supposed to be having a good time. Yeah. And, um. I was always the party girl, mm-hmm. you know, and I was always the mystery girl because no one ever knew where I came from or where I disappeared. <laughs> so, you know, it was I, I lived a very crazy life that way, um, but it was so hollow and un, unsatisfying. You know? Yeah, there's we, that we, looking for love in all the wrong places. You know? <laughs> That was you know, it, that song has been brought up more than once in my podcast. <laughs> I bet it has. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably the third time it's it's been brought up. And, yeah, and, and and that it that is our life, and it's true. Um, our our disease runs through, and it 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 can kill other people, and it can. I've seen it happen. Yeah, and you know what? It doesn't kill. It destroys. Yeah. You know, my my daughter became a drug addict and an alcoholic. My son became a drug addict and an alcoholic. My son tried to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, I destroyed so many men's lives um, when they would no longer play my game. Yeah. And, and I'd, blow, I'd blow them off. And they mm-hmm. really loved me. You know, which to me, love didn't win nothing because yeah. I didn't know how to love. Exactly. You know? and, we know we were and, never, and I, we've never known that feeling. Yeah. You know, I, I, I didn't know how to reciprocate their love. Yep. I knew how to control them. You know, my life was all about, well, it's like the big book tells us about. I was the director and I was, you know, um, directing this play. And putting all the actors where I thought they should be. Yeah. And if the performance did not go the way I thought it should go, then I would leave. I'd go get mm-hmm. another cast somewhere and, and redirect them then, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I never knew who or what I was supposed to be anyway. Yeah. You know, um, the disease is so totally debilitating um, and, and it wants to just it's like it's like these uh, fires that we get that, that break out from a lightning strike or mm-hmm. somebody throwing out a cigarette butt or whatever 
Yep. And it starts with just a little ember, and the next thing mm-hmm. you know, it's a full-blown blaze, and everybody's battling to get under control. Mm-hmm. And all these people that get hurt trying to control it and trying to put out that fire, that's kind of like my life for us. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, uh, people trying to, to help me tame down, tamp down. Oh, man, I can't tell you how many people have tried to help me in the past. Yeah. And sure. it's like, I don't need help. What are, what are you nuts? Yeah. What's wrong with you? You know? Mm-hmm. I never got the hint. Yeah. And, um, but there's something that happened in that hospital bed that yeah. gave you the willingness to do something about it, or you would have never made it to Fort Lyon. There was willingness in there. Yes, uh, you know, um, back up just a little bit. I stayed at this, uh, this, uh, I don't know if I can say names. Can I say names? Sure. Facilities? Yeah, certainly. Um, I, okay. I stayed at Samaritan House for a while. Sure. When I was in the, the women's club. Okay. Um, the people at Jesus Saves used to, they'd kick us out at seven in the morning. Yep. Um, and then... I would go to Jesus Saves and hang out there um, when it was in the middle of the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I uh, My dog, his paws would start freezing trying to get across the street. I remember one day he collapsed and the securities come running out and they're like, can we help you? And I'm like, yes, grab my stuff. And, and it was... During the time everybody was standing outside and you couldn't go in. Mm-hmm. And I picked my dog up and um, I, they let me go inside. And they this was the old side of it. And they mm-hmm. had this little old-fashioned heater. And I sat yep. there and they let me call my dog out. And, um, you know, but I, I crashed in the middle of one of the worst snowstorms. There's that big glass building yeah. body corner from them. Mm-hmm. I crashed in, in in their doorways. Yeah, more than once with a blanket over me and my dog's head. That's because there's some you know heaters. That? There's some heaters that blow over there, or something. No, 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 no. No, there was absolutely nothing. I okay. used my dog for Because um, you know? I stayed in the Phoenix concept for a year, which is right across the street from where you're talking about, and there were right. always people in those doors. I know, I know which doorways you're talking about. Yeah. And um, we, I had a cop come by one night, and he was, he was like, they were picking people up. It was so cold and taking them to jail or, mm. or shelters to keep them from freezing to death. And he got too close to me, and my dog went off. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, well, I guess you'll be okay for the night. Yeah. I'll let the other people know. And, and, you know, the police were always so nice. They yeah. really were. You know, and they left me be. Well, after that, it, it was like, um, I can't take this anymore. So I yeah. applied to the Samaritan house to actually live inside there in their yep. dorm. Women's mm-hmm. dorm. And they knew me so well um, that one person, they, they, the security guard uh, put in a recommendation for me. Aww. And so I got in mm-hmm. and I was in that program. It's only a three month program. Um, and um, my time was up, and they—they they, uh, and I wasn't going to meetings 
Okay. But I was sober and okay. clean at the time because they do they use uh, the breathalyzer things all the time. Yep. And they they do spot UAs the mm-hmm. drugs. So um, I I wanted to make sure that I didn't get thrown out because we're in the middle of winter. Yeah. <clears throat> so, but then my time was out, up uh, and and I had nowhere to go back back out on the streets. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where I was talking about earlier that um, uh, when I was on the streets and that my friend let me stay with her for a couple of okay, weeks. Okay, that's how that. So that's right before you went into right. the hospital. Got it. Okay. Right. And so when I woke up in the hospital. I'd only been doing the drugs and the alcohol again for two weeks, but mm-hmm. I had picked up from that three months clean and sober. I had picked up uh, when I picked back up and started drinking and drugging. I mean, I was like, I had a uh, tolerance that was unreal. Yeah. And none of it worked for me. Yep. So I just ingested as much as I could, mm-hmm. and that's why it took me. It took me down so much faster. Yeah. And so I remember in the hospital, you know, deep down inside, I wanted to be, I wanted to be clean and sober again because I was actually um, learning compassion and being helpful and of service at the Samaritan House. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually how I managed to be sober because I was being of service helping other people out, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize any connection to the program or sobriety at that time. Certainly. Um, but and, I, and, and, I, and I'm just going inter- to intercept real quick. Yes. You guys can't see this, but as soon as she started talking about that, her eyes just lit up, guys. And... <laughs> It was like a yellow aura going around here. So it's something spiritual happened. I, I just wanted to interject that because um, it was very pertinent. Uh, go ahead, Kat. I'm sorry. You know, um, I never I never had the problem with the concept of God. Because, uh, like I said, my mother raised me in church and everything. Mm-hmm. And all through my life, I think one of the reasons I was so cocky and lived on the edge is because God always rescued me. Mm-hmm. I can see all through my life where he rescued me when I should have been dead. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I always believed in that little footprints thing that when uh, there was just the one set of footprints, it's when God was carrying me. Mm-hmm. And so I, I always believed in that concept. But I just couldn't imagine the God that could love me after all that. After you know, everything like, I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of figured it was like his job to take care of me, you know, because mm-hmm. he's our creator. But yeah, but as, as far as, <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, my, I was all messed up. And so when I came to in that hospital, um, that was uh, the closest I ever came to being physically dead because of the drugs and alcohol, yep. as opposed to me just putting myself in a bad situation where I should have been dead. 
exactly. And um, <clears throat> so, you know, when I got to the fort, I was all for this being clean and sober. That, that is awesome. You know, but I still hadn't connected with the 12 steps or AA yeah. or meetings or anything like yeah. that. <laughs> I, I, you know, I was living just on the euphoria of being mm -hmm. alive, you know. The grass yeah, is green. Like, I'm smelling things again. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't die. And I was living on that gratitude of not having died, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the back of my head, I'm also, my, my, my subconscious is reminding me of when I had five years before and how miserable it is, mm -hmm. you know, that it doesn't last, that, you know, life kicks in and, and, and it just all goes to hell in a handbasket, yep. you know, and then I saw my girlfriend go through that with her diabetes um, and, and relapsing at the fort and then going back to Denver and her disease got her so fast and she died, you know, and it was like, wow. And I got a new roommate and uh, <laughs> she used to pester me to death. Come on, let's go to a meeting. Let's go to a meeting. You know, and yeah. she did that. I, I guess I had three months sober. And uh, I finally agreed. All right, I'll go. Just Fine, just, just get up. off my butt. <laughs> exactly, you know, just uh, uh. shut her up. And I remember <clears throat> walking over to the the meeting, and uh, everything started coming back to me. You know, um, the uh, as far as what was written in the big book and the steps and stuff. Yeah. But I'll tell you a big difference is when I went to AA 34 years before that, mm -hmm. it was, it was uh, the people I saw in the groups weren't street people. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. I do they know. They were, right, they were, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, they were, were upper class. Middle, they were middle, yeah, middle class, class people. upper yeah. class. And, and, um, I'm a skid row drunk been, too, so I know. <laughs> right. You know, and I had been living on the streets for the last 20 years solid. Yeah. Camping out, you know. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so I was street people through and through. Yep. You know. And when I went into the meeting at Fort Lyon, these are all street people. And they were mm -hmm. laughing, cutting up. Mm -hmm. And they were, I could. I could believe their happiness. Uh -huh. the, the, the years before when I had been at the, the other AA group, I, I thought that it was all a facade, uh -huh. you know, that they were all lying. Yeah. You know, they were secretly drinking and that's why they were happy. You know, um, I really couldn't connect to them. I came into to the meetings at Fort Lyon and I instantly made a connection because these are people that I partied with out on the streets. Mm -hmm. Only, and they were still just as crazy and obnoxious and, yeah. and you know, but they weren't drinking or using any drugs. Yeah. 
And I, I tell you, when I first got into rooms, I really thought people were sneaking stuff in and, 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 sure. and that this couldn't be real. But I was, I was what, you know, I was the one that the big book calls <coughs> a hopeless, mm -hmm. you know. Page no 21 drunk. Yes. And I, 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 oh, I was the one that it talks about the person that, that grabs a life preserver because they're drowning. Yeah. You know, seizes the life preserving as a drowning man does. That was the desperation I felt. I was so desperate to get whatever it was that y'all had. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, please, I'll do anything. Yep. And it was for the first time in my life, you know, in the hospital, I had surrendered. Yep. That was where I had changed. Yep. You know, that was my first spiritual experience. Yep. The psychic change. Love it. Yeah. I had Love it. surrendered. Yeah. 100%. And it made me willing, you know. I knew I was powerless over my disease. My whole life proved it. Yeah. I knew my whole life was a manageable obvious. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to Fort you don't get to Fort Lyon because everything's going good. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, and uh, so the first thing I did was start taking suggestions. Yeah. I got a big book. They gave me a big book. They gave me a twelve and twelve. I went to the NA meetings. I got an NA book. <laughs> I got everything yep. I could get my hands on. And then I got an AA sponsor. Yep. You know, and I did exactly what I, I, I was suggested to me. Um, the first thing I learned about was um, acceptance is the answer and freedom from bondage. They're my two favorite stories in the big book. Yeah. One's on page four, starts on page 417, acceptance is the answer. Yep. And Freedom from Bondages, page 544. And acceptance is the answer taught me to accept things without expectations. Mm -hmm. And I still, I have a paper that sits in front of me on my living room. And uh, I look at it all throughout the day. It says, I must keep my magic magnifying mind on my acceptance and off my expectations. So my serenity is directly proportional to my level of acceptance. Absolutely. And, um, you know, that's what the first step is all about. Uh -huh. And there's the puppy. <laughs> and um, then freedom from bondage taught me that in moments uh, that, that if I didn't feel willing you know, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be about resentments, although that mm -hmm. particular story is. I could apply prayer. You know, I could pray to be willing to be willing. Yep. You know, <laughs> and it didn't matter what the situation was. Yeah. And it would work. Mm -hmm. You know, I uh, I got I got to the first step. I had no problem with the second step because. I had been doing the same thing over and over again, mm -hmm. expecting different results all my life. Mm -hmm. You know, so I knew I was insane. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And we and, can laugh at that today. That's what's. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
I can, you know, the reason I can laugh about it is because I survived. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I am a survivor. I'm not a victim of my past. Correct. You know, and so therefore I can laugh and I can, I, I have the true uh, happy, joyous and free that I had looked for all my life through mm-hmm. drinking and drugs. Yeah. You know, and then um, I remember every day when I, I, from the hospital I had started, you know, when I, from the moment I woke up, all I prayed was help. Yeah. Help, you know, <laughs> that was the only prayer I It was the, It was yeah. the only thing left. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I get ready to crash at night and I'd say, thank you. Thank you so much. And I don't really know what I was saying help help me with or what I was saying thank you for. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was just so grateful to be alive. And so um, <laughs> I got to tell you my third step, which is really, really awesome. Awesome. When, when it, it, the Fort Lyon, where we have our meetings, uh-huh. is the old visitation from when it used to be a, a prison. Okay. It's a it's a building that they use for visitors to come and visit the inmates. Okay. How appropriate, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so after the meeting on a Sunday, my sponsor and I did my third step. We went into one of the little visitation rooms, just a little bitty cubicle. Yeah. And we got on our knees in that little visitation room and I did my third step prayer. And that will always stay with me. You know, it was just so appropriate. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and uh, so I, I vigilantly, you know, I got to my fourth step. And I was going to be as fearless and thorough as I could. And I want, one thing I want to share with your audience of people. Um, please don't get discouraged um, if your first sponsor isn't what you're seeking or or hoping for. My first sponsor um, had a tendency to talk. She shared things with her boyfriend about me that I was telling her. Okay. And um, when they had gotten in a fight, he was sitting outside one day after the meeting and he started telling me all these personal things about my life. And so I could have easily... Um, gotten a resentment and, yeah. and I'm sure I, I did to a degree um, but I could have easily gone out and gotten drunk at them sure. uh, you know yeah. to show them or, or, or whatever and um, but I didn't I was oh. seeing a therapist each week Yep. and the big book tells me that be quick to see your clergyman and yep. uh, psychiatrist and all of them Absolutely. can be in Yeah. You know? So I did my fifth step with my therapist. Fantastic. You know? What a great idea. Was, what a fantastic idea. It's your comfort it was, level that matters in it. It really is. Well, you, you have to feel safe. And yeah, and be able know? to trust that person. Yes. Right. It, and it says and I, right in the big book to utilize those people. And I knew because of the law, she couldn't repeat what I told her. Exactly. <laughs> you Thank <know>? you, HIPAA. <laughs> so, yes, exactly. <laughs> and right after that, I, I immediately got another sponsor. Yeah. You know, which yeah. was cool. Um, 
and uh, I, I, you know, I, I did my 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 seventh or my sixth and seventh step. Um, you know, what I learned from that was that um, my character defects. When I look them up uh, and I look up the spiritual principles. Mm -hmm. There's a spiritual principle, which is the exact opposite of any of my character defects, <laughs> okay. you know? And so when I, I in step seven, when I, I asked God to remove my shortcomings, I immediately learned that he wasn't going to go, poof, they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it doesn't work that way. But because I was clean and sober, which is the number one key. Yep. I have a choice today mm -hmm. and because of doing the other steps in order prior to that, I have an awareness now yeah. of what my defects of character are. Yep. So God gives me that choice when one of them rears her ugly heads. He's mm -hmm. like, okay, you want me to take that from you? Like you asked me, I'll give you a spiritual principle to apply to it instead. Exactly. You know? Or I can choose to to be miserable and wallow in that defective character as long as I want to. Certainly. You know, that's the glory of being sober. Um, and, and, you know, there's a part of the, the big book, um, the into action at the end of it, it says these things happen sometimes quickly, but sometimes slowly. Mm -hmm. um, no, that's in uh, uh, the Ninth Step Promises. Yeah. At the end of the night, step promises, and, and it, it says the miracles happen sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. And for me, they all happen relatively quickly, but I think it's because of the quality of the sobriety I was seeking. Correct. You know, it's not a matter of the quantity. You can have 20 years, yep. or you could say, for example, you can have five years like I did uh -huh. and be just as miserable as the first day, mm -hmm. or you can be have one year and be happy, joyous, and free if you do what is suggested and and you want it more than anything, if you have that desperation. Yeah. I, I have been blessed because today that desperation has turned into passion. You exactly. know, um, because of the steps um, and doing what was suggested, making a list of all the people I had harmed and becoming willing to make amends that wasn't so difficult. Okay. I did make direct amends to such people. <laughs> it was a little bit more of a challenge. Sure. And, uh, but then again, all I have to do is hit my knees and pray for that willingness to mm -hmm. be willing. You know, and um, I always have to remember that I don't want to be honest and up front and trying to make amends at the expense of somebody else's feelings. Correct. You know, if it's going to injure them or others, then I just put it on my living amends list. That's correct. You know, and that's what's, that's the neat thing about recovery is once that obsession is gone, we get to make critical choices like that. We become different people and, you know, yeah, maybe a character defect pops up, but instead of focusing on it now, I can utilize that 
to educate other people and help them out and and be a part of and be a part of that um and that's what's so neat is it just you know recovery is just about feeding itself constantly and just doing the next right thing um and if we're open-minded enough we're gonna hear the answers we'll know what we need to do next and uh even now i know that you do a lot uh, i know that you do a lot of 12-step work you're you're constantly involved in the group and you know so what what are a lot of the things that you're doing now, now to stay sober oh service work service 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 you know um i i started doing service work without expecting anything in return without mm -hmm. expecting blessings just and the blessings I get back, I mean, that is where my joy comes from. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I went to my therapist and I was all excited and I read the ninth step promises to her and she's like, well, those have already started happening in your life, haven't yeah. they? <laughs> yeah. You know, because I couldn't see it myself and it's like, yes, yeah, they have. We're usually and, the last person to see something yes. in ourselves, so... And, and, you know, I want, I want your audience to know that, that um, those aren't the only miracles. Mm -hmm. There's miracles all throughout. Yep. And when you hit that 12th step, you know, which means you practice these principles in all your affairs, which means to the best of your ability. Yes, you know? we're all human. Exactly. And, and uh, you know, you, you give it away. And, you know, that's, that's now my position is to give away what's been freely given to me. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you're in, in step one, mm -hmm. being of service will get you through all of those steps where you don't get caught up in the poor me mm -hmm. or in the blaming game. Yeah. You know, people in their first step. I used to make coffee all the time. Yep. You know, pouring coffee. And then, and the the more sobriety I got, and the further I got in my steps, I would chair the meetings. I've mm -hmm. been a treasurer. I've been a the secretary. Um, I'm the chair now at a group conscience. Yep. You know, um, when I left Fort Lyon, when I graduated, um, I my my spiritual awakening was just such a beautiful epiphany and um when i left fort lyon i tell you this um i i wanted to live across the street from where i live okay and this is how god works in my life <laughs> <laughs> um, i had filled out an application well the lady at fort lyon called me into her office and says we sent the application to the wrong place Okay. And I was like, oh, bummer. Well, this place that we sent the application to called me up and said, we, your name's at the top of the list and wow. we'll have an apartment for you soon. I said, I don't want it. <laughs> okay. I, I, I sent it to you guys by accident. I want the, I want to move in across the street. And so the very next week, she calls me back and she says, we have an apartment for you to look at, come see. It's like I hadn't told her I didn't want it at all. And, and I'm like, okay, God, 
<laughs> What's going on here? How many times you know? must I hit you with this two by four? <laughs> right, you know, here. And he gently reminding me who's in control, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I'm like, okay, I'll come look at it. And so I, the lady from the fort brought me out here to look at it. I walked into this, it's a corner apartment with this huge, beautiful yard, corner mm -hmm. yard, perfect for my dog. I walk in, I've got a front window that sees the sunrise and my living room and bedroom I have, uh, to one bedroom has the beautiful sunshine of the day and everything, but it's coming at me at an angle so it doesn't get that hot. Yeah. And it's a huge window. And I walk in and there's zillions of cabinets in the kitchen. And I love cooking. <laughs> um, it's got an actual bathtub. Yep. You know, it's got a pantry. It's, it's got so many things. And, and I, I just was stunned. And yeah. of course, I immediately said, I'll take it. Thank you, God. And then yep. I moved into the place in Fort Lyon. I want you to know provided me with furniture to fill it yep. up and dishes and, and, and sheets yep. and towels and the whole shebang. And um, I moved into the place and uh, and uh, the, longer, the longer I live here, the more perfect I mm. see how it is for me. All the little things that God has added that mean that I didn't even think of. That means yeah. so much, you know. So by, by, you know, allowing the steps to work me now on a daily basis, um, God, God just fills my life full of blessings. Mm -hmm. I was very afraid when I moved in here because I was afraid being alone. Yep. I might, mm -hmm. and and, and uh, so. I immediately got a couple of voluntary surgeries. Mm -hmm. And to be a service, it doesn't mean that you're, you have to be of service completely in the program. Mm -hmm. I went and volunteered at the food pantry, you know? Well, and we, we kind of go by a motto, you and I, and, and that is when anyone anyone yeah. anywhere reaches out for help i want the hand of aa to be there finally let's replace it with god then i want the hand of god to be there and i'm responsible for that yeah. it doesn't matter it doesn't say when a, when a drunk is drunk it doesn't no 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 <laughs> i can be of service to anyone and what's cool is what i do helps anyone everybody goes yeah. through anger i'm working with somebody right now with a four step they're a normie they never even drank, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that, and it's going to help it and it will give them that alleviation. So, you know, I, I've always, I've always stressed that, you know, just opening a door for somebody at the grocery store is being of service. Yeah. You know, just smiling at someone and saying, mm -hmm. have a nice day. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, I got a volunteer job and, and it just blows me away, okay? Small communities like this always want me to leave their jobs. 
yeah. return as fast as possible. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they never wanted me to stay. Exactly. And, <laughs> and everybody is so welcoming and loving. Yeah. You know, I've never known the drug scene or the alcohol scene here, which is yeah. a plus. And I got a job. They actually hired me at the library here to do story time with the children. How fun, me. man. Yeah, me. <laughs> Like, really? What the, you, know? you trust me? <laughs> hey, okay. With the children, you know? Alone? No, um, yes. are you sure? It, uh, it, was, it just blows me away. <laughs> you know, and I I always um I I'm known as a safe house around town because because I work with other alcoholics and because our big book tells us when all else fails, oh, an alcoholic will save the day. And, um, you know, so my house is, is open for anybody that needs a cup of coffee, cool. you know, that, that wants to, to get involved. Yeah. But I got to tell you, you know, uh, the steps, the program, the fellowship, you know, the passion and, and God, first and foremost, has saved my life and made life worth living. Fantastic. I, yeah. I give it to him every morning and the rest is in his control. You know? It is. You know, and then beautiful things like this happen. Yeah. You know, you asked me, me to, to share with you on this podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had some beautiful talks and it's just... Life is amazing today. It's truly amazing. It is. And I like, so appreciate this. Oh, you know, it's another avenue for us to be able to share. And we all have our talents, you know. Um, and God has given me the chance to do this and be a part of. And that's kind of how I do my service work. You know, we... It's we, beautiful. Um, so, um, you know, but... Really, it's about the speakers. It is. Um, I just get to be. I just get to be a part of the story and part of the ride. You know? And this was a fantastic story. I, Kat, I appreciate you coming on and and letting us know. I, I really, really like the part. And I think this is kind of what I got out of this was she finally got into a room where people understood where she was coming from. And she was a, in a room full of bullshitters that weren't bullshitting anymore. And she knew this because, well, we're all bullshitters. bullshitters. You know, you know. But it was that point that took her and made that change for her. She, found, she finally saw something in somebody else that she wanted. And that is God working in other people's lives. This person had 30 days of sobriety so you tell me, how long do you need before you can help somebody else out? I say, as long as you, as long as you need. But I think the biggest part that we can really take from this, guys, and this is why we do the stories, is, is it doesn't matter how far down you go, okay? We just listened to somebody with 20, they were living on the streets for 20 years, okay? And I've known other people like that. And now she's a productive member of society. Okay. Do you, 
that is a miracle in and of itself, let alone the fact that when we first sober up, our miracles consist of brushing our teeth, showering, eating regularly, taking our meds, seeing a doctor, okay? And once we get past all of that stuff, then we can go into a realm um, that we call the fourth dimension. And then that's where we live and we stay in the fourth step. Kat, thank you again for being here. I, I oh, love that you, story Dad. and I, I love you, honey. Um, and thank you everybody for being a part of, um, this has been Raw Recovery with Dion, special guest Kat. And I hope everybody has a good day. I love y'all. Peace out. A day filled have a day. with peace. A day filled with peace and serenity. That's how we'll end it. Bye, guys.